As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, brought to you by FilmDivider.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to help bridge the gap between our Kick-Ass and Iron Man 2 episodes. On today's show, I'll give you my reactions to the comics that Seb and James recommended on last week's podcast. Those were Secret Identity and Kill Your Boyfriend. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. So, the big news which broke the day we released our last podcast, very frustratingly, uh, from the last week has to be the first full trailer for Civil War, which has given us a much better idea of what the third instalment of the Captain America series will look like. First of all, it does look like a Cap movie and not Avengers 2.5, which is very encouraging. Um, It also appears that a document called the Sokovia Records will be key to the conflict in the film, um, effectively playing the role of the Superhero Registration Act from the comics. And it looks like Bucky Barnes will be very, very, very key to Cap and Iron Man falling out. Uh, We got our first look at the Black Panther in the trailer as well, and he looks pretty badass too. Uh, So all in all, it's a pretty reassuring first glimpse that doesn't give away too much, and that includes Spider-Man. But I'm sure we will be discussing this on next week's full show. To TV now, and CBS has announced that they have picked up Supergirl for a full season albeit a slightly shorter full season. So most network dramas nowadays tend to get a full season order of 22 episodes and occasionally extra episodes are ordered on top of that. But Supergirl has received a 20 episode order. Um, That's probably an order which reflects its decent but not spectacular ratings. Uh, The show started off at around 12 million viewers. That's that's dropped for a while. Seems to have stabilised now at around 7 or 8 million viewers a week. This pickup has led to renewed rumours that a Flash crossover will be happening on the show at some point. Uh, Greg Belanti in an interview has said it's not something that he's considering right now, but he's still not ruling it out. So save it for sweeps, Greg. Uh, We won't spend too much on this next piece of news because it's probably going to be old news by the time you're listening to this. 
But a clip for Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of the Planet of the Justice, premiered after this week's episode of Gotham. Uh, but the full trailer is due to be shown on Jimmy Kimmel tonight, which is Wednesday night. So by the time you're listening to this, it's probably Thursday and you've seen the whole thing. But we'll talk about it next week, I promise. The clip that we have seen so far, which I'm sure will feature in the trailer in some way, shows a very angry Superman unmasking a very angry Batman in what looks to be a desert compound. And what I'm pretty sure is almost certainly going to be some kind of Batman dream slash nightmare sequence from the film. Um, we obviously can't be sure of that, but it, it, it looked very heightened and not real. Um, moving back to TV now, um, it seems that the one thing that everyone can agree on after Jessica Jones is that Mike Coulter got Luke Cage just right. So the hype train for his solo series has to start right here. We've reported on a lot of cast members that have already been announced on past shows and Rosario Dawson's involvement in some capacity has been spoken about as well. But now comes news that Claire Temple's mother has been cast and she will be played by Sonia Braga. Um, we're expecting that Luke Cage will happen at some point in 2016 and at some point after Daredevil Season 2. Don't know whether a Jessica Jones Season 2 is going to be ordered and play into that order at all either. Um, the one thing that now does look a little bit clearer is that the Iron Fist show that everyone was worried wasn't going to happen is in fact going to happen. Jeff Loeb has personally reassured us of all this and um, he has said to expect news on that soon. So uh, watch this space. Um, over to Marvel on ABC now, and you're going to have to wait two full weeks longer before you get to see the first episode of season two of Agent Carter. And if you're upset with that news, you're going to have to take it up with the president. Um, yeah, that is because Barack Obama's State of the Union address um, clashed with the broadcast of Agent Carter. So they pushed it back two weeks from its original January 5th broadcast date all the way back to January 19th. Um, but for the time being, you can console yourself with all of the trailers that are now on the internet for the show. Okay, some slightly non-news now, but Heroic Hollywood last week reported very confidently that they believed that Star-Lord's father in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 would, in fact, not be any of the previously rumoured characters, but would be the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, hinting that that was the role that Matthew McConaughey had turned down a couple of weeks ago. Um, they posted a video, about, a video about it, very good video, made a lot of sense, but James Gunn pretty swiftly debunked the rumour, um, and so it looks like you can go back to speculating about who it still might be. For what it's worth, um, quite a few months ago, Film Divider reported that they believed they'd discovered some evidence pointing towards the fact that it was John C. Riley's Roman Day who would instead be revealed as Peter Quill's old man. Okay, let's move on now to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. So these are the two comics that were recommended by Seven James on last week's podcast, uh, inspired by Kick-Ass. Um, James recommended Kill Your Boyfriend, which comes from Grant Morrison and Philip Bond. Uh, I think it was published back in 94. And then Seb recommended Secret Identity from Kurt Busiek and Stuart Immonen. I'm feeling a slight bit of pressure uh, going in, going into discussing these. Um, I received um, a couple of emails from Seb and James uh, this week. Seb said, uh, no pressure, but if you don't like Secret Identity, you're probably fired. 
To which James replied, the same is true of Kill Your Boyfriend, to be honest. It's in my top 10 comics ever. So responsibility to uh, to speak about these with at least some degree of uh, appreciation and insight um, and to, uh, to, to like them sufficiently. Um, and I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, listeners, or Seven James. I hated both of these. Now you see that was just for when Seven James are listening back to the podcast and make their hearts stop for a li- for a little second. I've got to troll my co-host um, every so often. Um, no, I I liked both of these comics very much. Uh, spoiler before I uh, discuss them, I liked one of them a lot more than the other. I would say that there was one that I really loved and one that I liked and. Um, uh, and weirdly, like normally, the one that I really love is the one that I want to discuss a lot more afterwards. Whereas here, I kind of felt like I really had—I I, I felt like I had a solid enough grip on the one that I loved. Whereas the one that I just liked, I kind of did want to talk about a little bit more. Um, and I, I will probably be uh, be uh, chatting to Seven James more about that one afterwards, just to just to see why it is and here's the reveal of which one it is why it's in james's top 10 comics ever um because i liked it but i didn't really fall in love with it so i'm i'm really interested to talk more about it so this is kill your boyfriend uh james's recommendation as i said before from grant morrison and philip bond um this is in the in the afterword that Grant Morrison writes. He compares it to Badlands. That's the kind of film reference that he had in his head when he was writing it. Um, now it has like a touch of um, stuff like True Romance and Natural Born Killers and and that kind of thing. Um, and um, it's it's this this basically this middle class girl living in England, schoolgirl, who is kind of fed up with the conformity of her life, the fact that she feels that she's been kind of groomed by the world she's growing up in to be some kind of boring robot who is set on some predestined path to have a boring husband and. Uh, a boring life and boring kids and is just kind of sick of it all and she fantasizes in the classroom about ripping her shirt off and grabbing a gun and shooting everyone and decapitating her teacher um she meets this boy um and they i think i think they're both just referred to as like boy and girl in this i don't think they are ever referred to by uh, particular names um she meets this boy who's kind of like a re- the rebellious kind of free spirit that she wishes she could be um and um kind of goes hey fuck it and i'm going to do what i want to do with this guy instead of instead of living this boring life that i've been living um and it kind of plays out like a kind of dreamlike fantasy where he says hey let's go kill your boyfriend and so they do. And then the rest of the comic is just this kind of anarchic romp through um, through England, some of the time on this um, tour bus kind of full of art students. Uh, they go to London and hang out in nightclubs and drop and take drugs and um, have kinky sex in, in weird rooms. Um, and um, it's, it's just a fully debauched kind of fantasy of just saying screw it to all kind of social conventions and uh, the kind of thing that teenagers might think, hey, this, look, if I could just screw every boundary um, or, like, everything that, that society is telling me I should be and be the opposite, 
Um, and it's just a kind of gleeful gleeful romp of a comic through that kind of idea. And you're following these two characters. Um, It's from her point of view. Um, She is often breaking the fourth wall um, and talking, looking directly at the reader and talking directly to the reader. And it's got this really interesting aesthetic in that it's, it's very, very broadly comedic. Um, And it, it almost seems to me at some points, it feels like almost, it reminded me of like reading Beano comics as a kid and I can't quite explain that because the tone is so so different but almost like just just some of the like little cutaway gags that the that, that happen between panels and and, and the fact that it, it feel it's so clearly is so clearly set in Britain and this was written in the early 90s but it almost reminded me of like um British movies from the 70s like it had that it had that kind of vibe to it um, even though the you know all, all the movies that I referenced referenced at the start were stuff like Badlands and Natural Born Killers, this this it has such a British vibe and such like a British British seventies vibe. It felt to me, yeah. That I don't know why the the thing that I jumped to like mentally was the Beano. Um, it, it, it's but it is uh, full of hardcore sex and drugs and violence. Um, I think A Clockwork Orange is probably the other the other um, touchstone I'd probably go with for it, except I think maybe the satire of A Clockwork Orange is so much more um, so much more clearly defined, whereas this this felt like it wasn't it wasn't pointing the crosshairs at anything specifically and more just everything, just more kind of a malaise that you can kind of feel um, in life um, and especially in, in kind of teenage life. Um, and I was reading, there was um, a, a, a link I found online to um, Matt Fraction uh, writing about this comic. And he said something that uh, about how Morrison takes us back through that one summer we all had uh, back when everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. And um, that that really struck a chord with me. And I thought, yeah, that, that absolutely does ring true. I mean, I never ran around uh, doing some of the stuff that that these uh, <laughs> that these kids do in, in this uh, comic. I certainly never murdered anyone. I can put that down on the podcast now. Not a murderer. Um, but it did remind me of that kind of the, the, the one summer that I had as a teenager where just like the days felt never ending and you went around and did stuff that felt like it had so much less conse- consequence and testing boundaries and, and yeah, and, and, and just really living while you with the way you can when you're a teenager. So, um, yeah, in, in, in that regard, this, this did strike a chord with me. Um, I, I found the boy characters are very hard to like. Um, I did, the, the girl was a lot more identifiable, but um, I think that's probably intentional. Um, I mean, she she's our POV character. Um, she's talking directly to us, whereas he just seems like a bit of an asshole. But um, yeah, I um, I generally I generally liked this. Um, I I would probably need. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply to talk to James about what makes him love it so much but I did I did very much like it and it possibly possibly doesn't help didn't help that I read this second and I read Secret Identity first which um, I had already well and truly fallen in love with um, so uh, that was uh, th- th- that maybe harmed Kill Your Boyfriend slightly it was just like yeah this is the the second best thing that I've read in, in the last day or so uh, which which um which is probably slightly harsh on Kill Your Boyfriend. Um, but we will move on to Secret Identity now, which was Seb's recommendation. Uh, as I said before, this comes from uh, Kurt Busick and Stuart Immonen um, and is a four-issue miniseries. Um, I bought the paperback. Um, the While it's four issues, the issues are kind of like 50 or 60 pages long each, so it's kind of it's kind of like the equivalent of eight issues. But I, so I would more say it's, it's split up into four chapters. Um, and... This is a Superman comic, but kind of not a Superman comic. Um, And I know Seb said last week on the podcast that he kind of wanted me to read this knowing very little about it, which I did. So I'm I'm aware that I might be doing the opposite for you readers now, which is kind of like just for you listeners now and just telling you about it. Uh, So if you want to read it fresh, I mean, I would definitely say go and read this comic because it is amazing. But if you want to read it not knowing anything about it, then just 
don't listen to anything else I have to say. Come back and listen to our Iron Man 2 podcast next week, obviously. But um, don't listen to the rest of this if you if you want to go into this comic completely fresh. Because I think I think that's uh, that's uh, a quite nice thing to do. Um, but yeah, so let's it's a bounding into just spoiling everything for you instead, uh, listeners who are still with me. Um, so this is um, a Superman comic that is it's not about the DC universe Superman. This is set in kind of in kind of like our world, or at least to start with it is. Um so this is this is a young boy whose parents live in Kansas and when he was born they have the surname Kent and because they live in Kansas they think, oh wouldn't it be funny if we named our son Clark? Um which um is uh so when we first meet him he's like receiving uh christmas presents um which are kind of like jokey or it might be birthday presents actually which are jokey kind of like superman things and everyone buys him superman memorabilia and everyone jokes that his name is clark kent and it's a it they they his family think it's cute but clark kind of hates it because all the kids at school bully him for having the same name as Superman because Superman comics exist in this world. Superman is the pop cultural figure in his world that they are that he is in our world. And so Clark kind of gets bullied and finds that he doesn't have any friends and he's just a really lonely teenage boy who kind of is living the life that Superman lives in the comics but without the powers and without the friends. So it's uh, he he's kind of having a bit of a miserable existence, and he goes off hiking one day, and um, is laid his in his sleeping bag at night dreaming. And when he wakes up, he's flying, and just kind of matter of factly discovers that he has manifested the same powers that Superman has. So this he essentially becomes a Superboy, but in the real world. Um, and it's split into into these four uh, these four chapters, like I said. Um, and the first one is named Smallville. The second one is named Metropolis. The third one is named Fortress, and the fourth one is named Tomorrow. Um, and so the, the first one is all about Clark growing up in Smallville. Uh, well, or I think his his town is called Pickettsville, um, and he is. Uh, first of all living the kind of life that I explained before and then he discovers his powers um, and then kind of grapples with them and whether he wants to be famous and whether he wants to reveal himself but he also wants to find out why he is like he is and you know feels like that maybe he could transform his life but I think that probably the title of this entire comic gives it away he never actually does um, reveal who he is. Uh, this is uh, su- this is a comic called Secret Identity. Um, the second one uh, follows him into young adulthood when he moves to um, New York. Um, Manhattan, being the the metropolis stand-in, starts writing for the New Yorker. Um, is a very is a very successful writer, um, and um, jokingly, his friends think it would be hilarious to set him up with a woman called Lois. Um, except um, they actually, they actually do hit it off and um, end up end up um, staying together. Uh, the third issue uh, flashes forward into Clark's kind of um, slightly slightly older, slightly pushing towards middle age, um, with him and Lois together and kind of 
um, set, settling down and and starting a family. Um, and the fourth issue flashes forward to Clark in old age, uh, kind of his powers starting to wane and looking back on his life. Um, and there's lots of stuff in the background of this comic. There is this obviously this mystery that starts off in the first issue about, well, how did Clark manifest these powers that are just like Superman's? That seems like a really big, weird coincidence. And Clark is trying to look out, look into his past and find out who he is. Um, and then obviously in the second issue, he then does get with a woman called Lois. And yes, this is a very nice riff on Superman, but it's also it's also so close to Superman mythology that you wonder, is there going to be some kind of like little narrative thing that is going to play into like how maybe there is something bigger at play that is making this Clark Kent's life ebb so closely to the Clark Kent of the comic books that he reads. Um, and there is, um, this overarching story about, uh, part of the story about the military and the good, well, the government and government agencies kind of trying to find out who this guy who is now dressing up like Superman and has Superman's powers, who this guy is. And, um, their intentions seem very nefarious. Um, they capture him, capture him in the second issue, and kind of test him. And it, it seems like they are they are like um, they are enemies, far closer to being enemies than being friends, despite being uh, Clark's own government. Um, and so all this stuff's going on in the background. You're kind of wondering where it's going to lead to, and what because this still does have the trappings of a Superman comic. Um, Really, what's what's quite incredible about this comic is that none of that stuff ultimately really matters, and it's not any kind of hook to the story. And I imagine, I mean, I was wondering whether it would be, but when it wasn't, I wasn't at all disappointed because the comic just this is something that knows exactly what it wants to be, and it's using the idea of a man having a secret identity. Um, and he he is he's del- he's delivering this monologue to us the whole way through, and it's really just one enormous metaphor and about how a person can feel at various stages of their life and how events in their life and how interactions can make them feel. And so Clark is narrating this whole story, and he's constantly talking to us and he's constantly like talking about how he feels about certain situations and and how he's reacting to things and why he's acting in a certain way it's but it and it's all essentially his interior monologue written down but he's never actually telling us oh this is how i feel about doing this superman thing or this is how i feel about um saving this person or fighting this crime or putting a stop to this and he's not fighting supervillains in this it's kind of like all the superman like all the times he's having to use the superpowers, like real world things. So it is like plane crashes and, and trains being derailed and going in and into, uh, intervening in kind of foreign conflicts and distributing aid to, uh, to people who need it. it. It's that kind of stuff. But Clark never really, he's never really talking about how that makes him, how, how being a superhero makes him feel. It's more about how it relates to him just as a normal guy. And it ends up being really kind of profound. Um, it, it's 
it, it's about it's just bit. I mean, I, I you can't really sum it up better than the last couple of pages do. And I and I'm I apologize really for doing this because I am actually just going to read out some of the text from the last couple of pages when when Clark is when Clark is narrating his kind of uh, him looking back on a lot of stuff. So he says, I've had a good life. Different from most, but not all that different. Maybe I had a secret identity. But then, when you think about it, don't we all? A part of ourselves very few people get to see. The part we think of as me, the part that deals with the big stuff, makes the real choices, the part everything else is a reflection of. Mine was just a little louder than most. And... In a way, the comic doesn't need that because that uh, by that point, I think it's become very clear. But it's just I, I just thought it was so beautifully worded there, and it really does hammer home um, what you've just read. And and the fact is that this comic captures Clark as a character so incredibly well from start to finish. You feel like you know this guy, and although you've only really had like four windows into this guy a, a, a couple of stages throughout his life you've just got glimpses of who this guy is you feel like you know him so completely and you feel like you have grown up with him over the course of this comic and it's it, it's difficult to explain how that can be the case un, unless you read it but it's um i i found it really affecting and um it feels personal because of that because you are because you are spending this entire time inside this guy's head and he is talking. He he is having the kind of interior monologue that you will be having in your own head when you're walking down the street every day and thinking about things in your life and thinking about people in your life. And um, it's just really, really good. So um, I absolutely adored Secret Identity. And I'm quite, I'm quite tickled by the, the notion that two of the best comics or two of the comics that I've enjoyed the most reading through the recommendations on the show have been All-Star Superman and um, now Secret Identity because I didn't really think that I would have a huge interest in Superman comics. And both of these feel, obviously, I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that these are not your uh, your typical Superman stories from the very nature of those two. Um, but they are they are really fantastic and um and I, i'm not sure honestly and i i've raved about all-star superman but i'm not sure which of the two i prefer now they're both really 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 good so um two big thumbs up from me on this week's podcast just one one thumb um even bigger than the other so that was um kill your boyfriend and secret identity uh, i would recommend them both um but that is it for this week's show don't forget that the next episode of cinematic universe will be covering iron man 2 if you're enjoying the show then please do subscribe on itunes stitcher player fm or your podcast app of choice and if you've already subscribed, then please leave us a rating or review and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe on cinematicuniverse.libson.com or as we're a film divider podcast at filmdivider.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter at CU underscore podcast or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. See you next week.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 